0: This faith and finance podcast is underwritten in part by Christian Credit Counselors. If you're struggling with credit card debt but don't know where to start, our trusted partner, Christian Credit Counselors, offers a debt management program that can get you out of credit card debt 80% faster while honoring your debt in full. Contact them to get out of debt today at christiancreditcounselors.org.
1: The job market remains strong. So strong, in fact, that employers are getting sneaky about hiring. Hi, I'm Rob West. With inflation and the slowdown in the economy, it's a wonder that millions of open jobs are going unfilled. But that's the case. What does that mean for workers? Maybe a lot. I'll talk about it today, and then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance. Biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, right now, there are 1.7 jobs available for every person looking for work. Well, that's great if you need a job, but it's putting an awful strain on employers who need skilled workers. I said that employers are getting sneaky about this. That means companies are resorting to something called quiet hiring. Now, what does that mean? Well, it could be hiring contractors for the short term until a certain project or workload is completed, but it can also mean encouraging or prodding employees to take on a host of new duties within the company. There are several reasons for this. One, I've already mentioned that workers are hard to find. Another is the expense of advertising, recruiting, and training new workers. And with the prospect of a recession, employers don't want to hire people just to lay them off if business takes a downturn. Added to those reasons is that companies still have goals they want to reach in 2023, and they're having a lot of trouble doing it. The answer, it seems, is quiet hiring. Usually when a company hires someone, it's to fill an existing job opening or because there's a new job that needs to be filled in order for the company to grow or a third category, filling a vital but temporary need. It's the last category that quiet hiring addresses, and it's a growing trend because often it doesn't require any new hiring, which again is expensive for companies. Instead, employers are identifying critical functions that need addressing immediately and then shifting employees from other roles to meet those needs. Now, what does that look like in practice? One amazing example involves an airline that recently converted some of its executives into baggage handlers because of a critical need. There was an added bonus beyond just getting bags on and off planes. It also gave front office folks a chance to see how decisions and policies made higher up affect employees in the front lines. But quiet hiring can also have a detrimental effect on employee morale. They may see it as a sign that their old job isn't really important since no one is being hired to replace them. They might then question whether they'll still have a job when the critical need passes and to be sure not everyone is a fan of quiet hiring and it can result in what's becoming known as quiet quitting, which is refusing to take on any new work outside the duties one was hired to do. While supporters of quiet hiring say it offers workers a chance for promotions and raises, opponents say it's another way for companies to take advantage of their employees, claiming that the rewards for taking on new work are few and far between. Whether quiet hiring is good or bad for workers remains to be seen, but predictions are that it will continue for the foreseeable future. The question is, how how can workers take advantage of it? Well, here the Bible has some advice. Colossians three twenty three and 24 reads, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward you are serving the Lord Christ. I think that means cheerfully taking on a new role that may help your employer if you're able to do the work. Take the boss at his or her word that it could lead to a better situation down the road and a chance to improve your skill set. It's also an opportunity to ask about your future with the company and a chance to lay out your goals for how you'd like to advance. You can also inquire whether the new role allows for other perks, such as more flexible hours or a chance to work from home. In other words, try to have an optimistic approach if you're asked to temporarily take on new duties to help your employer, but also Be honest if you don't feel you're equipped. And even there, maybe you can ask for some additional training to help you. If you cooperate with your company's quiet hiring practice and find yourself stuck after a year or more with no promotion or raise in sight, you can always fall back on the new skills you've acquired to look for another job somewhere else. As the saying goes, there's no such thing as job security, but there is employment security, and the way to get it is by not turning down the opportunity to learn new things. All right, your calls are next, 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. We'll be right back. If you enjoy this radio program, you're going to love all of the many different resources waiting for you at faithfi.com. You'll find more powerful wisdom, podcasts, articles, videos, and more from partners like the National Christian Foundation, Sound Mind Investing, and Christian Healthcare Ministries. Connect with the community of thousands of Christians striving to be good and faithful
2: stewards and check out all of the free biblical financial advice at faithfi.com.
1: We're grateful for support from Eventide Investments on the Faith and Finance program. Eventide's approach to values-based investing is grounded in the belief that humankind was created in the image of God with intrinsic dignity, value, and worth. Eventide calls this investing that makes the world rejoice. More information is available at EventideInvestments.com. That's EventideInvestments.com. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, your host. We're taking your calls and questions today on anything financial. What are you thinking about? 800-525-7000 is the number to call. Give us a call right now. Our team is standing by 800-525-7000. Let's head to Miami, Florida. Alex, you're next on the program, sir. Go ahead.
2: Yes, good afternoon and thank you for taking my call. Uh, I'm interested in setting up a trust for my child. Uh, I'm looking at a company that would perform the trustee uh, services. And uh, uh, so far, I have uh, one company that I'm supposed to be doing uh, a Zoom meeting with later on this week. But I haven't really uh, searched out too many companies. I just needed to know how I could determine uh, what companies would be like uh, four stars companies and what their fees would be for uh, managing a fund of a million dollars.
1: Yes. So are you trying to select the investment manager who would actually uh, make the investment selections and also the trustee who would actually, you know, be your successor trustee in the event you're incapacitated? Is that right?
2: Uh, yes, the, I have the, uh, well, the trust would be written up, uh, by, by my attorney and, uh, just to have someone execute the services of, uh, the trustees, a company that specializes.
1: Sure. Sure. And, uh, yeah, so you're looking for a corporate trustee uh, to be able to make this decision. And, you know, there's several factors you need to look at as you uh, look at a trust option. Uh, obviously, the cost. And so, uh, you know, individual trustees are cheaper than institutions. But in some cases, that can make some sense, depending on what you're looking to do there. Uh, you know, record keeping and reporting, the safeguarding of the assets, uh, you know, the service that you'll want, uh, you know, from the trustee and, you know, who's somebody who's objective and can administer this according to the terms of the trust. Um, And then a corporate trustee can also maintain family unity by taking sole responsibility for all distributions, uh, you know, if you're incapacitated or at your death, uh, that type of thing. Um, So have you, do you have some options you're considering or kind of where are you in the selection process?
2: Uh i have a i'm gonna be having a meeting either this week or next week with one company uh but uh that's i uh, i needed to have uh basically something to judge what uh, what this company is so yeah. i needed to yeah. have uh as far as the fees what's would what would the fees be and as far as their record, if they're you know a a four star company.
1: Sure, sure. Well, um, what I would probably do, I mean, it, it varies so widely, uh, just in terms of the actual fees. And a lot of that's going to do have to do with the amount of assets that are in the trust. Um, I think given just the complexity of this and, and the, the considerations, uh, you need to make, um, I would probably connect with a certified kingdom advisor there in Miami, Alex, just to talk through your situation and help. Uh, have them help you determine what are the decision points you need to make at this point with regard to setting it up, funding it, but then also uh, the selection of that trustee and what would be the appropriate amount to pay, and the investment management of the assets inside of it, um, if that's a, a part of this. Um, so the best way to connect with a CKA there in Miami is just head to our website, uh, faithfi.com, and just click Find a CKA. And I think, uh, you know, talking through with that person looking at your whole financial situation right now and having them weigh in on what the considerations are uh, would be really helpful to you at this point. Without knowing a lot more details, I'd be hesitant to weigh in on exactly what you might expect to pay for this and what you might be looking for, just depending on what the needs are that you're going to have inside your particular trust. So again, to find a CKA in your area, uh, even just for a consult to help you navigate all the issues you're thinking about, uh, you'd to our website, again, faithfi.com, and just click Find a CKA. We appreciate you checking with us today, sir. Uh, God bless you. Uh, let's see, to Indianapolis. Cheryl, you're next on the program. How can we help you? All right, Susan in Tennessee. My apologies. Susan, go right ahead.
0: Hi. I um, Thank you for taking my call, and I'm just really impressed with your expertise and your compassion and your respect for your audience.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Thanks for calling in today.
0: So I'm 63 years old. Um, I'm going to start working part-time, and I would like to know with regard to the cap of the income you can make prior to full retirement, um, I assume that they look at the net, not the AGI, not your growth. Um, If I were to start collecting in March, would the January and February income be included? Are they looking at that 12-month fiscal year?
2: Yes, yes.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So they are looking at the tax year. And uh, in terms of the income, uh, it is based on your uh, gross pay uh, it only applies to income from work. So it doesn't count investments, pensions, annuities, or capital gains. Uh, and you would begin to receive a reduction. Um, so for instance, if you're, uh, receiving benefits and working in 2023, but don't hit full retirement age yet, uh, then you'd, the earnings limit would be $21,240. You'd lose a dollar in benefit for every $2 you earn above the cap. Um, uh, so if you have a part-time job and you're, you know, it's paying you 30000 a year, you're $8,700 over the limit, they deduct benefits on that basis. Um, and then, you know, ultimately the earnings limit is 56520 where a dollar uh, is withheld for every $3 you earn above that limit. Um, and so what you'd have to consider is kind of when you're retiring versus when you reach full retirement age, And what the benefit that would be reduced based on how, uh, you know, much you're planning to earn. Now, keep in mind any reductions that you have, um, would be repaid to you in full retire at full retirement age in the form of a higher check until that's fully restored to you. Uh, so it would be worth just kind of, you know, looking at this and determining when the best time to take it is based on the income you're planning to earn and then also factoring in susan um you know the reduction that you're going to be locking in because if you take Social Security at 62 versus full retirement age, you're going to be locking your benefit in about 30% lower than if you were to wait until full retirement age to take it. Now, if you need the money, you may decide it's worth it to go ahead and do that. But if you can wait, you're going to see that check continue to rise. So, what I would do is probably schedule a meeting with the Social Security Administration just so you can use your actual record as the basis for the conversation and they can tell you exactly how much you can earn, how much your benefit would be reduced. And uh, I would also take a look at whether it makes sense to go ahead and take it early at 62 or 63, or whether you could get by by continuing to work longer and uh, continuing to delay because every year you get closer to full retirement age, you're going to see that benefit increase permanently by about 8%. Hope that helps you. Thanks for your call today. We'll be right back on Faith and Finance. Stay with us.
0: 45,000, that's how many times faith and finance referred a listener to a certified kingdom advisor last year. And for good reason. These are trusted financial, legal, and accounting professionals who have completed a rigorous certification program to ensure biblically wise financial advice as part of their practice. You can find a local CKA professional in your area by going to faithfi.com and clicking on the find a CKA button on the homepage.
2: Hey, Greg, I need some advice. Oh, what's up? I'm really struggling with finding ways to cut back. With costs going up, especially in healthcare, what do you guys do? Oh, uh, we use CHM, Christian Healthcare Ministries. It's a health cost sharing
1: ministry that's been sharing members' eligible medical bills for over 40 years. Sure helped us stick to our budget. Hmm. Uh, Here's the website chministries.org.
2: C-A-C-H-Ministries.org.
1: Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, your host, taking your calls and questions today on anything financial. Back to the phones we go to Indianapolis. Cheryl, how can I help you today?
0: Hi, good afternoon, and thank you so much for your wisdom, Mr. West. Thank you. I currently have a Roth IRA through Fidelity. Um, It was like one of the uh, 2025 funds, I will say. I was thinking about rolling it into their robo-advisor account, which requires selling everything that is currently um, invested in the mutual fund stocks, all of those, and then they would reinvest those monies. Would that be a wise decision in the current market
1: yeah, it's really going to depend, Cheryl. I mean, you know, as long as you keep it invested, you know, you're just going to have maybe a day or two while you're selling and liquidating, you know, the current investments and replacing it with the, in your example, the the robo-advisor investment. So I'm not as concerned about that as I am uh, just what's the right investment mix for you. Um, so you said you have a target date fund currently based on uh, a, a retirement date of what year?
0: 2025.
1: Okay. So that's uh, pretty conservative, uh, you know, because we're just a, a couple of years away from that. Uh, so you probably have, what, about 20 to 30% in stocks in that?
0: Actually, it is showing, I think it was like 46% in stocks. Okay. And wow. when I yeah. went... Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say when I went through their online tool, it was still showing like 42% in stock,
1: okay. which to me All right. is still... Yeah. Well, so then if you replace it with the robo-advisor, then that's going to do something similar, but it's just going to be based on your answers to the questions, and they'll build a similar mix of stocks and bonds, uh, you know, based on your age and risk tolerance and goals and objectives. So you might end up with something very similar. Uh It's just going to be using probably indexed uh, ETFs, exchange-traded funds, instead of uh, a mutual fund where a mutual fund manager is, you know, making those decisions on that allocation based on that target retirement date. Um, As to which one, you know, might perform better or worse, there's really no way to know. It's ultimately going to come down to what is the ultimate mix of stocks versus bonds and what types of stocks and bonds are in each of those categories in the target date fund versus the robo-advisor selection of indexes. But those indexes are going to be comprised of stocks, large caps, small cap, uh, you know, mid cap and bonds, probably some governments and corporate bonds. And that ultimate allocation is just going to be how the algorithm determines the portfolio based on the questions you provide. But as to whether one would be better than the other, there's really no way to determine that at this point. And you know, unless we were to know where the economy and the market's headed, and uh, you know whether one's going to perform better than another, um, so the other option might be, as opposed to looking at just target date versus robo, might be target date versus actively managed, where you'd hire an investment advisor to actually make the buying and selling decisions for you again based on your goals and objectives but in a more actively managed approach as opposed to a, a passive indexing approach. Does that make sense?
0: That does and that sounds like great advice. I was that's what I was trying to determine if I should even go with the robo advisor or possibly find an actual advisor to manage those funds.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think you could certainly stay where you're at right now, assuming that target date lines up with your life stage. Uh, Perhaps you consider as an alternative a more actively managed solution. And for that, I'd probably head to our website, uh, faithfi.com, just click find a CKA, and there's some wonderful CKAs there in Indy that you could interview two or three and find the one that's the best fit. I'm not saying you automatically need to go with that, but as an alternative to a target date fund, that might be a better, you know, alternate consideration as opposed to moving to the robo, which would essentially give you another passive approach similar to what you already have.
0: That makes perfect sense. I thank you very much.
1: All right. Thanks for calling today. We appreciate it very much. Uh, To Tampa, Jessica, how can I help you?
0: Hi, Rob. Um, Yeah, I'm wondering what the best way to finance a major home repair is aside from cash.
1: Yeah. So if you don't have cash and you've got a major home repair, I generally look at a home equity, uh, not a line of credit, but a home equity loan. Uh, The difference is the line of credit is going to carry a variable interest rate in just about every case, whereas the home equity loan is going to have a fixed interest rate. And you would know what that monthly payment is and the term is and the interest rate, and then you just pay it till it's done. You know, The downside right now is obviously rates have moved up considerably. And so the cost of those funds is going to be quite a bit higher than it would have been, let's say, a year ago. But that would be the typical alternative because, you know, we're making repairs or improvements to the house. And so, you know, we're collateralizing it to the house. Um, you always want to make sure anytime you're taking a loan, especially when it's collateralized by something like your home, that you're not presuming on the future. You're not getting overextended in terms of what you're borrowing. But given that they have the home as collateral, it's going to make it fairly you know, more cost effective than if you were going into your bank and trying to get a loan, you know, let's say just based on your signature where there's no collateral attached to it. Uh, apart from that, it would be to say, well, depending upon whether these repairs are necessary because, you know, by delaying them, it's going to cause further damage to the home. If you have the option to wait, you know, kind of a third option in in between, uh, you know, having paying for it all right now and, you know, borrowing through a home equity loan might be to, uh, you know, save and, you know, pay as you go. And so maybe there's some things you need to do more immediately, but others you can kind of kick the can down the road and you go back to your spending plan, look for ways to cut back. And then you guys are just really diligent about carving money aside and and funding a, a savings account that once, you know, it builds up to what you need, then you can pay for it out of cash that way.
0: Okay, that makes
1: sense. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. If you go to Bankrate. dot com or nerdwallet.com, you could begin to research, you know, who has the very best uh, home equity loan uh, options right now in terms of the best rates. You know, hopefully, no closing costs. Uh, you've got quite a bit of equity, so I don't think that should be an issue. Just make sure you've got enough cash flow to, you know, absorb that extra payment and try to get that paid off just as quick as you can. We appreciate you checking with us. Well, that's all our time for today. But before we go, I want to say thanks for spending time with us today. Thanks for your calls. Thank you for listening. And thanks for being a faithful supporter of this ministry. You know, beyond the broadcast, we have an entire team of contributors and web designers and media producers working each day to produce tools and content to help you become a better biblical money manager. And none of that work would be possible without your financial support. We offer a lot of it for free, and that's only because of the generous gifts from listeners like you. If you're not yet one of our financial partners, but would like to be, would you visit our new website, faithfi.com? That's faithfi.com. In the meantime, please set a reminder on your phone and make plans to join us again next time. I'll be here, and I hope you will be too, for the next edition of Faith and Finance. We'll see you then. Faith in Finance is provided by
2: FaithFi and listeners like you.